At North Point Community Church, we are passionate about helping our community move toward a life fully devoted to Jesus. And we hope this message helps you do that. Thank you for tuning in. Glad you're here. Our mission at North Point is to help all people move towards a life fully devoted to Jesus. All people here in the area around the world. One of the best ways that people can come to know Jesus is through new, new churches. New churches are, are the best way to reach people who don't know Jesus and introduce them to his grace. Um, that's a part of who we are as a church, something we value a ton. So um, in the last five, six years, we've helped plant a bunch of churches. We uh, were able to give money to help plant a church in San Francisco, one in Georgia. We currently are giving money to an organization that helps do support for church planners as they get going. Um, we've helped replant a couple of churches here in Michigan, in Clio and in Fenton, and uh, God's blessing them in some really, really cool ways. About five years ago, we planted a church in Ecuador that, that you heard about last week if you were here. Uh, God is love church, incredible thing. In the last three years, we've worked with our missionary in Ukraine to plant a church in the city of Lviv, Lviv Bible Church, and God is doing great stuff there. Just really, really cool stuff. So you're saying, Rick, why are you telling us this this morning? It's, it's for this reason. If you're reading through the New Testament with us right now, should be on about Acts 15 today. If you're a little bit behind, don't worry about it. You can kind of catch back up. If you want to just jump in, you can do that. Start with uh, Acts 13, 14, 15 today. And one of the things that you'll see is that as the church... Um, was dispersed. They started planting churches all over the place so that people could come to know Jesus. Um, we have one of our church planters, probably the, the, the uh, church planter that has been with us for the longest time, Tim Chantier. Uh, he and his wife Courtney, their boys are uh, minister in Papua New Guinea uh, to the Yembe Yembe tribe and have planted a church there. Tim's going to bring the message today. But uh, we'll explain on video. I did a little interview with him last week to try and lessen the time that he'd be speaking. He'll kind of explain that. Take a look on screen. I'm excited that Tim and Courtney Chantier are here with us and that we have a chance to talk to them on screen. We'll talk a little bit more about that in just a second. But uh, they have been our missionaries from North Point to Papua New Guinea to the Yembe Yembe tribe for the last 15 or more years, since 2005, which is really, really cool. And uh, we've developed a close relationship with them. They're back with us often. And, and uh, it's a treasured friendship and partnership with what God is doing on the other side of the world. So um, the reason that we're on video today is because a few weeks ago there was an accident. And Tim, if you could just talk about that for a second, that would be great. Yeah, thank you for having us. Um, about two months ago, I was blowing the leaves out in the front yard. I fell backwards, hit my head on a piece of cement, rock, and cracked the skull and got a concussion. And I did not realize how many things my brain was doing until all of it just pretty much shut down almost, where I just had to lay down for weeks upon weeks and see God heal over these last two months. Um, God's been teaching me to rest and to focus on what I'm called to do, not what I'm capable of doing. So how are you feeling now? I'm feeling much better. I would say about 50% better. 
and I'm able to talk more. It's normally these kind of things where I'm in conversation that um, my brain doesn't seem to be able to handle at all. Whereas before it was no problem, but now it's just like overload, overload, stop. I'm learning how to pace myself as Got God it. brings healing. Got it. And that's why that's why we're doing the interview because I wanted a chance to just talk apart from the message. And um, we've been trying to work a way that you could speak to North Point live and you've been working and God's been healing. So that's gonna happen in just a few minutes. Um, but we thought that we could have some conversation this way as well. So your plan was that you were just gonna be here through the middle of December. The fall and the injury has delayed everything. Courtney, what have you guys been doing as a family for the last two months while you've been hanging out waiting for Tim to heal? Well, a lot of life has been just put on hold and just gone down to the basics of just functioning as a family. The kids are still doing homeschool and um, a lot of the meetings have been canceled, but we're, we cherish the small meetings that we can handle. We're just trusting the Lord, but really just pulling back, not a typical um, furlough that we are accustomed to with the busyness of life and things like that. What has God taught you through this process through the last couple of months? Just to trust in His good plan. And I feel like it's not just one thing that I can point to and say, oh, that was really overwhelming, but it was kind of the culmination of things where it felt life was just too overwhelming. But just to rest in Him and just take a step back take a deep breath and say, oh, Lord, you have this under control and what I get done, I get done and what I don't, I don't. The process of praying that you would have good time with family, mm. did you anticipate at all that it might take something that we would look at from a very negative standpoint, mm -hmm. but that God would use that to provide extra family time? Absolutely. And I think being more intentional and um, doing things with the kids and not going out and shopping or out to eat, but just actually taking the time to go in the park or just doing physical activity together has been just really special for our family to be able to do that. And the Lord has been gracious in not giving us too much of a bitterly cold winter that we can enjoy getting outside and things like that. Our in-laws are praying that we'd be able to stay longer. Um, it was about a month it's after. It's their fault. <laughs> <laughs> it was about a month after that I, you know, I started getting better that they finally told me, I've actually been praying. Now we didn't pray for that, yeah. that you would hurt yourself, but we're really blessed and glad that you're here with us a few more months. Our vision at North Point is that everybody who calls North Point home would regularly be sharing how God is working in their life in their sphere of influence. From our perspective, we think that you guys call North Point home, um, you know, that it's, it's one of your home bases. And can you just tell a little bit of your background story in terms of how you ended up on the mission field in Yembe Yembe? What process God took you through to help open that door and to get you there? Well, I was serving in the church um, and I was a part of the junior high ministry, the high school ministry, the college ministry, and I wanted to do ministry here in the States. A missionary came to my church and he had spent 20 years over in the field of Papua New Guinea, which is where we're at today. Right. And I just thought, 20 years? What are you gonna do for 20 years? I'd been going on short-term trips with our church and I, you know, I did it. It was like the thing to do. 
Um, but I just didn't have this heart for the world, I, I would guess, because he had challenged us, you know, God's heart is for the world, that we're a part of this going process. We're a part of taking the gospel. Either you're going yourself or you're sending someone in your place to go to the ends of the earth. Uh, it just, it can't stop. We need to keep being about that. We need to be presenting the gospel here to our neighbors and our uh, families, but we also need to be a part of that sending others. And that just really hit me. And he spent 20 years and he learned their language and he showed pictures. And to be honest, as an 18 year old, I just thought, I don't want to go there. And it's gross and it's stinking, it's smelly. And he did a good job explaining how hard it is to live there. And he said 20 years will probably get taken off your life because of how hard it is on your liver and the malaria and the deep. I'm just like, yeah, I'm gonna stay here. But I had this constant question before God that I was being challenged with, Lord, what do you want me to do with my life? I was kind of ask, asking that separately. In my mind, that was a separate thing. What is your will for my life? And here I'm hearing about this. I never put the two together initially. Through messages and hearing uh, people preach, it was just more of an act of faith. Take a step of faith and then look back and see what my will was. As you walked with me in faith through every door I put before you. I said, all right, well, Lord, I, I didn't get this feeling. I just, you know, there's, there's needs over in Papua New Guinea. There's needs here. And, you know, one of the things he said, he was 18 when he left. He was young and he used that passage of Paul where he said he beat his body up for Christ and literally talked about the health problems and their kids almost died and just the body got a beating. But there was a church left. And the people believed the gospel after 20 years. And it just takes years. You can't just do it really quickly. It takes your life. So I said, okay, Lord, I'm 18. I'm gonna take a step of faith. I got on my knees and said, I'm gonna go, if it's your will for me to be a missionary to the people of Papua New Guinea, I'm gonna start down that path. I didn't get any emotion. It wasn't like, yay, hurrah, you know? It was just like this almost trembling, like we're just gonna take a step. And if you, you know, close the doors, we'll stop. Well, that was 20 years ago. And here we are today, steps of faith. And, and now, you know, five years after that, um, North Point took us on and has been supporting us the last 15 years. And now we have a church in Yambiyami. Thank you guys so much for spending time talking with us. And we're we're excited for Tim to be able to speak this morning from, from the book of Acts to us. So we'll go there now. Good morning. I'm so excited to see you guys this morning. So you already heard the story, so we won't go more into that. We're actually going to dive right into the book of Acts uh, with everyone here this morning. So if you can go up, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and the guy that wrote the book of Acts, his name is Luke, and Luke also wrote the book of Luke, which we heard about a couple weeks ago. The only difference is it was written about 20 years later than the book of Luke, and Luke actually includes himself in some of these stories. When you see the word we in chapter 16, 20, and 27, that's Luke with him. And they is, is when he's not there. And so it's important to see the book of Acts as a book of transition, okay? Uh, it's a transition from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John into the letters of all the apostles that they wrote. Now, Rick had mentioned if it's your first time reading the New Testament, maybe start with the book of Mark. And I would say after the book of Mark, read the book of Acts because it continues the story. Jesus goes up into heaven and then we have this team of apostles now, apostles is just a fancy word for the original 12 that were with Jesus. You have to minus one, because he committed suicide. Judas is not with them anymore, but there's 11 left. Now, as we read this book, man, I want this to be the most amazing movie of all time. 
but it depends on you and your imagination. And so I want you to be the director in your mind and imagine with me as we read chapter 1, verse 8. We got a picture of Jesus there. So there's Jesus. Now, he's been on earth for 40 days. He's about to go up into heaven. I'm not sure the apostles knew that. They're probably just with him, and they're hoping he's going to free them from Rome, but he has a message for them. And there's these 11 apostles, the original disciples, Peter, James, John, Bartholomew, the dudes, standing there listening to Jesus talk. And this is what Jesus says to them in verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. If I was standing there listening, I'd probably be a little discouraged because I'm not fully understanding what he's getting. And he even said that in in John chapter 14 to 17. He's like, you don't, you're not going to get it all now. And you can't even handle it all right now. But when the Holy Spirit comes, he will lead you and guide you. And so then we have this story of God telling him, I want you to be about telling my message to everyone in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so 10 days later, they're waiting. This day comes and it's called the day of Pentecost. Okay, Penta means 50. It's 50 days counted after the day of Passover. In Israel, you have three big days a year where if you're an Israeli, you're going to want to be in Jerusalem on one of those three days. It was the day of Passover. That's when Jesus died. It was the day of Pentecost, which is about 50 days after the day of Passover, and then the Feast of Trumpets, somewhere around September. So here they are, waiting for the day of Pentecost to come up. It's 10 days after Jesus went up into heaven. They're just standing there watching him go up. They go home, and they wait and wait. I don't think he told them it was coming on the day of Pentecost, it meaning the Holy Spirit. Well, here, we're going to read about it in chapter 2 because this is huge for the book of Acts. It's what the book of Acts is, a, is about, the Holy Spirit working. So here we are in chapter 2, verse 1. Let's picture the apostles there in this room in Jerusalem. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. It was probably quiet like that, maybe for a little bit while they prayed. Suddenly! You feeling it? Are you in the movie now? Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. Don't know what that sounded like. It filled the house where they were sitting. Then, what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Woo! Man, what was that like? This is a huge statement. You see, God did not have to make a noise, did he? He didn't have to put signs and tongues of fire, did he? But he did it for them and he did it for us to say, I'm making a statement, guys. My Holy Spirit is now coming down. I have never done this before. I did it on that guy and this guy and this guy. And now we have uh, the books written. But now it's coming on everyone who believes the message about Jesus. And what do they do? Verse 5, let's read on. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem, and they all came because it's the second day of the year, big time of the year to come to Israel. Verse 6, when they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered or confused to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. 
Now, I've never been to Israel. It's my prayer someday I get to go to Israel, so I don't got one of those stories. Someday I will. But I have a story about a different languages I can speak. So if you can speak this language where I'm standing, I want you to come over here, okay? Come over here if you can hear this message. You blow gonna have him. This is the man where God even promised before Emmy come penis. You mean no been sorry, Tasa now you mean look sorry penis. This is the man Jesus name long em Jesus Emmy come penis and this is the Messiah where you mean talk same. You must believe long em em come penis. Everyone listen. The Messiah has come, the one that God promised before. He actually has actually come and his name is Jesus. And he, he died and rose from the grave and he's actually here. He's the Messiah. That's probably what it felt like. And if you spoke this language, you would have come there and you spoke this language and you would have gathered together and God's making a statement. This is a miracle. This is the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Well, you're watching it in action as he is showing his power. Not just, I don't give my power to you and you just sit there and smile and make a lot of money. No, open your mouth and tell the message about Jesus. And that's what they did. And so you had people from Arabia and Egypt and up into Europe. You had all these people that came for the day of Pentecost. And and the next week, where are they going back to? And then they take that message. God is making a statement. His Holy Spirit comes upon those who believe. And so we're learning about Peter, James, and John, and these apostles, that how they take this message out, Stephen. There's one guy who's not on the team yet. There's one guy. He's actually killing members of the team. But God says, he is my chosen instrument. And I put the, the verse in red in chapter 9. It just brings more power to it. God is making a statement. I know he's on the opposing team. I'm going to bring him to our team. His name's Saul. There in chapter 9, verse 15. His name's Saul, and he is my chosen instrument. He's going to take my message to the Gentiles, to kings, and to Israel. He's on our team. So now we have Saul, a part of this team, and they're going to take this message. And I want to take just a minute to to clarify the message they were giving. Because Jesus said, tell them about me. Well, what about you? There's a lot about you we can share. When we talk about the good news... The word gospel means good news, okay? Good news is the, it stops snowing. There's a lot of good news out there. But this specific good news is the gospel that Jesus died on the cross and he rose from the grave. And if you believe in him to pay for your sin, the penalty of your sin is paid for completely. That's the good news. Now, there's many stories leading up to the good news. And we should know those stories that God created us. It's a good one. All right. And then we have Adam and Eve. And then they sinned, and so now we're born separated from God. Every one of us, we're born that way. It's not fun to talk about that part of the story, but we're born sinners, separated from God, and either I'm going to pay for my sin in hell or someone else has to. Well, the Messiah had not come. And so in the Old Testament, they had to sacrifice offerings every week, and the blood had to be shed because the payment for sin is death. Again, it's either you or someone else pays for your sin. You make the choice. Well, for them, they had to you know, kill these animals and the blood was shed. And this, we're looking towards this Messiah who's going to come. We don't quite know how it's going to work out, but until he comes, we've got to follow the system that God put into place. Paul, his name is Paul in Greek, Saul in Hebrew, same guy. Saul, Peter, James, and John, they grew up doing all that stuff. And then Jesus comes, dies, and goes away. And then the Holy Spirit comes upon them and illuminates their minds. It says, this is the good news. 
He is that lamb of God. He is that payment for sin. If you believe it for you and your sin, your sin's paid for. Done. You're not going to pay for your sin anymore. 100%, not 99.9%. There's not a point that you have to do. It's 100% your sins. That's the good news. That's the message God says Saul's going to take. He's my chosen instrument. He's going to take that message out. Peter, James, and John, the team of apostles, they're taking this message out. Then there's a bonus to the message. Not only do you get your sin paid for, you get the Holy Spirit. Galatians 3 says, when you believe, who comes inside of you? The Holy Spirit. And now I want you to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's given on everyone who believes. And we have a picture of all these guys living in the power of the Holy Spirit. As you read this week, you probably saw, you know, Stephen. He was full of the Holy Spirit and he spoke. Peter, full of the Holy Spirit, and he did this. Paul, full of the Holy Spirit, and he did this. They're examples for us to follow. The most amazing movie, if we have the imagination as we read. All right. There's one more big point that comes up in the book of Acts. This idea of missionaries. Missionaries came up in the chapter 13, verse 2, and we see this chapter 13. That was my concussion talking. It's easy to blame it on that stuff, isn't it? Okay, Acts chapter 13, verse 2. Look, the Holy Spirit said, not the pastors, the Holy Spirit said, appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them. Verse 4, Barnabas and Saul were sent out by the Holy Spirit. Dude, there's a fourth dimension out there at work in our lives, and it's the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit has an agenda. So I got a job for us to do. Let's do it. Put your ear to me and recognize the frequency of my voice so you can hear what I'm telling you to do. And so he told them and, and they went out. They went out for over 30 years and they'd come back, give a report to the church. Here's how it went. And then they went out again. And this is where we get our idea of sending long-term missionaries out. We don't send them out for a year. We send them out for 5, 10, 15, 20 years to do the job right. Because we don't just preach the gospel we preach the gospel, great, but now you have a bunch of people who believe the gospel. We want them to learn how to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, and that doesn't take one day, does it? It takes years to walk through the sin. It's messy. That's why we're going back for three years to the church. If you want to show, see a picture of the church, this is our church today in Yembi By God's grace. Amen. But they sin, and I sin, and they have the Holy Spirit. I have the Holy Spirit, so we're going back for another three years, and we'll be back in 2024 to give you an update. That's three years from now. Um, it was funny. I told some people last time we were here in 2017, hey, we'll be back in three years. Ah, oh, so long. Snap our fingers. Here we are. I see you face to face. Well, in three more years, we're going to come back and give you a report. And my hope is that the church will be more devoted to him. We want this church to last 180 years. You know, this church has been around for 180 years. Have we had leaders and people walk in sin? Has people left and come? But we still have, we still have a church. I mean, we're still here. You're sitting here. It's the same for them. The Holy Spirit works the same way there as he does here. That's why it takes years to, to tread through the sin. We had some of our leaders walk in sin, and then, you know, 15 people don't come to church because that guy's an idiot. I don't like that leader. You know, we have the same thing there. We're trying to teach them how to walk through it so that they last 180 years. It takes time. All right, 
I want our church to be like this uh, verse in chapter 2, verse 42. This is my prayer for our church and Yembe and for us here. And it should be our goal. Kind of have this in your mind when you're here and for every church overseas. It says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. There's more things they were devoted to, but I'm just picking that out right now and, and just give a summary of the book of Acts. We're not going real deep into everything. It's just kind of an, an exciting moment of, okay, what is the main points here? He wants us to be devoted to telling others about Jesus, the gospel, and how he's working in our lives. He wants us to be devoted to fellowshipping together like we're doing now when we do midweeks in our small groups, devoted to hanging out and having meals together talking about Jesus over that. He wants us to be devoted to teaching. Hey, you're sitting there. You got your Bibles open. We're devoted to teaching and devoted to prayer. But I'll make this statement. If it's not done in the power of the Holy Spirit, we're just going through the motions. Because at Pentecost, it changed things for us. Now we have an access. We have access to this power that everyone didn't have access to before. And so it's on you. How full of the Holy Spirit do you want to be? How close do you want to be to the Holy Spirit today? We talk about meet with Jesus, meet with Jesus. It means connecting with this fourth dimension that we cannot see, this being who's actually really there. I can't see him, so I close my eyes to try and picture him, and I'm supposed to connect with him every day. And through that connection, somehow the power of the Holy Spirit fills me, and as I As I connect with him, I'm sensing his power and I'm starting to do his work in the power of the Holy Spirit. And then we're supposed to be devoted to that. So that's why I put that at the top, devoted to working in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'll be honest, for me, it's a fight. I don't know about you. I don't wake up in the morning just filled with the Holy Spirit. We don't wait. uh, So many Sunday mornings we come to church and I wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit. We got in a fight on the way to church. You can always tell who gets in a fight how hard the doors slam before they get into service, you know. Not really filled with the Holy Spirit, are they? Guys, that's our goal. That's my goal. That's what I'm fighting for. And how do I fight? Well, I fight on my knees. You see, um, this is a picture of how I fight every day. This is how I meet with Jesus. This is how I talk with the Holy Spirit. I set aside time every day in my calendar, just like I have dinner time with my kids. I have a meeting with Rick at 3.30, whatever it is. I'm meeting with a real person today. I can't see him. I'm not going to see him until I die, most likely. But I'm meeting and I'm, I'm setting my day around that I want to be devoted to that so that I'm praying in the power of the Holy Spirit, giving that, that hour a day. Sometimes it's 10, 15, 20. Sometimes it's not. It's whatever it can be. It's, it's up to an hour for me. But I'm fighting every day so I can live in the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, at the end of my life, I'm going to be dead. Duh. I'm going to be dead. Okay, so we're all going to be dead. At the end of our lives, we're done. We're dead. We're with God. And if he reviews my life, what is he going to say that I was most devoted to? See, what we're most devoted to is what we become a professional in. You're devoted to study of being a doctor. You become a doctor. And you call you, you're a professional. You're a doctor. You become an engineer. You're, you're creating bridges. Uh, you're a professional, whatever. Garbage man. I mean, you pick the, you know, whatever you're devoted to, you become a professional. You're a professional at getting that garbage. You're a professional at teaching Okay, my question to me is, what does God want me to be a professional in? 
as we look at my life and he, he's there and I, I'm there with him, right? I'm a child of God. I had the Holy Spirit. I, I still had the Holy, have the Holy Spirit, but I'm with God. I'm there in heaven. And as we look at my life, he said, okay, what were you devoted to? Okay, when you're a kid, you're devoted to Legos. Wow. Okay, not many rewards for that. Um, man, you were devoted to playing the drums. There was a few times you did it for me in the power of the Holy Spirit. Great. Uh, wow, you really became a professional at hiding your secrets and your sin in high school. Uh, all that pornography, you can't really, uh, not much rewards for that. Okay, let's keep going. Wow, and then these came along. Well, you became a professional user of this. You became a professional YouTube watcher and a TV watcher. You're a professional, a lot of things, Tim. What am I going to reward you for? That it just connects to me because that's reality. That's what's coming. That's what's coming our way. And so we have this picture of people living in the power of the Holy Spirit. My prayer is that I'm living in the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit is my teacher today, and I need to give the time to my teacher to teach me. I, I am just this empty container on stage. There's this human with the name Tim, and his mouth is opening, but my prayer is that the Holy Spirit is opening, is coming through my mouth into your hearts, and the Holy Spirit is with you on your side, and he's writing on your heart what he wants you to hear. He's going to write something different from today's message from, with you over here than he is over here. But the point is, we need to all be listening for the Holy Spirit to teach us. The great thing is when you walk out of here, your teacher walks out of here with you and it's the Holy Spirit. And I, I want you to be inspired that I'm in this fight with you. I'm in this fight to be taught by the Holy Spirit, to pray in the power of the Holy Spirit and do everything in the power of the Holy Spirit. If I'm not, why am I even living? Because that's what he's calling us to live to today. And that's my prayer for you is that you'll be inspired this week to continue in this fight to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. And you can, and if you're like, well, I, I don't even know what you're saying, Tim. Half of what you're saying is not making sense to me. Well, then find someone that looks like they're living in the power of the Holy Spirit and get next to them and ask them. Talk to them or email me. I wish I could stay afterwards and talk to all of you. I'd love to hear how you're fighting to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit like I am. But man, connect with me, email me, and we'll talk. Uh, I just want you to be inspired to continue in this fight that we're all called to. And that's today's message. Pray you're encouraged. Amen. Um, amen. Rick is going to come up and share a few things. Thanks. Not bad for a guy with a brain injury, huh? <laughs> um, I, I, I just want to reinforce steady. a couple of things that Tim said. Um, if you've got the app, the North Point app, at the bottom of the notes... There's an opportunity for you to sign up to get weekly updates on what God is doing in the church in Yemi Yemi. And I'd encourage you to do that. Um, at the top of the, uh, of the app notes, the message notes in the app is Tim's email address. And he would love to hear from you. It is killing him to not be able to talk to people afterwards. Um, but his wife, Courtney, is right down here. And, um, and I, Courtney, stand up and wave or do something. <laughs> um, my, my prayer has been that today would be a day like no other for Courtney to minister to people and to have conversations. And so if you want to talk to her, be sure and do that. Um, we're going to pray for the Chanteers, for the Church of Yemi uh, in just a second. But before we do that, I, I just want to say this. Typically, about once a quarter, we do an offering, a special offering, a benevolence offering to help take care of the needs of people here in our area. We're not going to do that today. Instead, we're going to do a special offering for the Chanteers. Um, when they came uh, last fall, when they came to the U.S., 
Uh, they didn't get return tickets because of the pandemic. Um, the cost of the tickets to fly back to Papua New Guinea has doubled because of the pandemic. Um, and so that's a significant deal for a family of five. And uh, that's a need that we can help meet. How, help meet. How do you do that? If you want to write a, a, a check or do cash, you can put those in the containers as you leave today. Just make sure you put a note on there that says Chanteres, and it, it will go to that. If you want to give electronically, you can do that through the app, like we talk about uh, each week. You can get on there, and there's a tab there that says General Fund Missions market missions today and i'd encourage you even right now if you want to do that to, to uh, take out your phone um do a do a gift to help take care of that need for them that would be incredible um let's pray and um live in the power of the spirit father god we we come to you right now and um lord our hearts are full from your word not from Tim, but from your word, from your spirit. Um, God, we ask that you would help us to live in the power of your spirit, that, that we would be your voice, your spokesman here in mid-Michigan in our spheres of influence, God. Um, Lord, we pray right now for Tim and pray that you would help his brain even in the next few minutes to just rest and recover so that he could speak again third service. Um, God, we ask that you would help his brain heal completely um, and that that uh, through this time that that you would just teach really cool lessons to he and to Courtney, to the boys, to the church in Yemby. Um, God, that, that you would put everything together right according to your plan. God, be with them as they drive out to California and see friends along the way and the churches out there that support as well. Watch over them, protect them. And God, continue to use them for your glory. Lord, we pray in the name and the power of Jesus. Amen.